Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast and here I'm with uh, Kay Clement today and he's from Germany, Rostock and he's the managing director of a uh, Japanese company, I mean the origins of the company, uh, it's from Japan, from Asia, uh, it's called Bonaventura and he will tell us more about this brand. But before, uh, two years ago, he also uh, sold his company and uh, he could scale it to a level in a few years that uh, he got 700,000 customers in total and he focused on leather iPhone cases. So very interesting guest today. Hello, Kay. How are you? Yeah. Hi, Daniel. Thank you very much for having me. I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good here. All good here. I'm just sipping some Japanese green tea. So I prepared for the event. Yeah, I have to correct uh, one thing first. So uh, Bonaventura is actually an Italian brand. Uh, economically, we're very strong in Japan already, uh, but uh, we are from the origins. It's Italian brand. So, but I can tell you more uh, in in, in yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. Very international company, by the way. But yeah, let's go in yeah. order. So, um, yeah, how did you start with e-commerce and? You started uh, your uh, company back in 2011. Yeah. And, uh, how did you come up with this idea back then? Yeah, I can give you a couple of insights. Exactly. I go back to 2008. So 2008 was my start in e-commerce. And I started uh, directly from university. I started with Amazon. So I went to, to Munich and then started working for Amazon. Uh, in 2008 and then uh, for me it was already a big thing because the Amazon marketplace just started yeah, to growing internationally and uh, I helped uh, international sellers uh, selling on Amazon worldwide and build up their logistics program and then I saw the opportunity uh, yeah, just using the marketplace of Amazon and uh, find the right product and find the right uh, target group and uh, decided with my best friend back then in 2011 to found my own company and uh, back then we were on the search for a real nice thin leather case for the iPad which just launched in 2010 and uh, we didn't find anything so we decided to go to China and uh, search for a supplier and uh, bring our design to them and uh, launch the product uh, on the Amazon marketplace. So this is what we did with Kavai and uh, pretty successfully uh, sold, like you said, more than 600,000 or almost 700,000 iPhone, iPad cases, leather accessories with Kavai uh, in Europe, Japan, and in the US in particular. And then uh, three years ago, uh, we decided uh, to go one step further and uh, sold the company. And uh, then, uh, in short, I joined uh, Bonaventura as a managing director here in Germany yeah, to help build up uh, the company to a global scale. Uh, like I said, it's an Italian brand, which uh, is economically successful already in uh, Japan, but has already uh, the flagship store and everything set up is in Italy and in the US. And uh, yeah, I use my experience uh, from from my old company to build Bonaventura now. Yeah, yeah, exciting. And uh, I'm curious, how was the market back then, back in 2011? You said the iPad just came out, right? Yes, But nowadays there are so many 
cases, especially for iPhone and yes. leather cases as well. I know of multiple companies, but how was it back then? Yeah, back then, uh, like I said, uh, the iPhone market was already uh, not saturated, but uh, there was quite a competition already in the iPhone market because like I think it was iPhone 4 or the 5 just came out. Um, but the iPad market obviously was uh, yeah, pretty new market because the first iPad just launched in 2010. And uh, we started with the first iPad. And uh, back then it was kind of wild west, uh, not so many companies doing iPad cases. Mm -hmm. So that's why we, from timing-wise, it was a good time to start with uh, with these kind of cases and uh, build up an accessories brand. It's different now. Uh, so it's, uh, like, like you said, there's much more competition right now. Uh, but still, there, there's still room for, yeah, because it's such a big market. And, like, in the same time, like, all these smart iPhones and iPads uh, got so familiar in every household, so. Yeah, and uh, why iPhones? Why not all kinds of phones or devices? There is yeah. even Apple Watch. I don't know if there was Apple Watch back then. No, um, Apple Watch didn't exist by then. Like but the iPad, because we were, uh, Jörg and I, and my co-founder and me, we were interested in all these kind of gadgets. And the iPad was pretty interesting for us. And then we decided, okay, Let's do let's do something for the iPad because uh, it's a new it's new on the market. There's no competition around us, uh, and uh, we just like the device and search something for ourselves. So that's why we started with Apple, and uh, and and with Apple we we almost uh, stick to Apple because with Apple it's just much simpler compared to other brands which mm -hmm. have like a much wider selection in terms of, uh, for example, Samsung. They have like six, seven different kinds of smartphones at the same time with different sizes. And uh, yeah, so that's why Apple. Yeah. I guess uh, operationally, it's relatively simple because there are not that many models of phones. Yes. While, as you said, there are, I don't know, hundreds of Samsungs and yes. and all of that. Exactly. And, uh, let's be honest here. I think the iPhone users, those are the most uh, fruitful market, right? Yes, uh, that's, that's a second argument for in order to stick to Apple. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm curious, um, how was it to sell your company? Like, uh, how, how did you find someone who bought up this company? Yeah, so uh, it was back in 2018, uh, we decided to go this route. Because my co-founder, uh, uh, he got seriously sick, so we had to find a solution, uh, how to divide or what's going forward. And then we started looking into our network, basically. So we built, it, uh, we built a big network uh, during that time. And uh, then uh, we first looked there. And then also, obviously, there came up a couple of other companies who specialized in buying and selling e-commerce companies. So we used both of these ways, but uh, in the end, uh, the contact came out of our network and it was a Swedish uh, uh, company who was interested. And then we discussed and talked and yeah, found, found, found a quick solution. And yeah, now yeah, we are still working and still selling and building this brand and the Swedish roof now. Mm -hmm. Okay. How long was the whole process? 
from the decision that I want to sell this company until yes. you sign the contract? That was, uh, I think, around one year. So yeah. like, uh, from the decision we made, hey, we will look in every route uh, because we, we weren't, uh, it wasn't sure that we will sell 100%. So, but now, um, then it took, uh, yeah, around one year. And uh, when you were in the process, did you already know that you will join this company where you are now, or you had this, uh, you know, gap, gap time, let's say, when uh, some entrepreneurs say they uh, don't know why they exist anymore because they don't know what to do. They just want to do something, but they just sold their company. Did you have this or, or no? No, 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 no. It was by chance, uh, like, it's always good to be in the right spot at the right time. <laughs> so mm -hmm. this also is also same here because uh, as when we sold the company, yeah, I committed to uh, be stay in the company for at least three years, yeah, to build up all everything and to build up the e-commerce side for all the other brands within this holding company in Sweden. And during that time, I met uh, Mauro, the new CEO um, of Bonaventura, um, and 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 the brain and head behind the brand. And uh, yeah, we we kind of uh, were on the same page uh, in, in terms of branding and uh, and uh, dedication in terms of quality for the products. And uh, so he asked me, hey, uh, would you like to join the company and build it uh, bigger with me? Um, and then so, so it happened that I decided uh, to make the switch and uh, yeah, start uh, working for together with him and work for Bonaventura now. Yeah, it was back in 2018, right? Or 17. I know this was in, I think, uh, 2029, 2020. It was in 2020 ah, okay. when we started. Uh, yes. Yeah. Just before COVID, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, this was not the perfect timing, uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just uh, during the start of, of COVID-19 actually, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's clarify if this company is Japanese or Italian. Yeah, no, it's it's an Italian company. The roots are in Italy. Everything is founded in Italy. So, um, but there's like this Japanese uh, uh, background is that uh, the company is successful in, in Japan already mm -hmm. uh, because we, uh, we have uh, some of the founders uh, are uh, Japanese. Uh, uh, within this company and obviously their home market is one of the markets we started selling first so together with Europe and the US so but everything was founded and like you like the name uh, means good luck uh, it's an Italian name so and uh, our flagship store and our development and every branding in terms of branding everything is localized and centralized in, in uh, Milano yeah I yeah. see yeah, when, when we first talk, talked, I remember Japan because it's one of your main markets and I was surprised yeah. because the name sounds Italian. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just curious, how is the Japanese market different and the Asian market? Because yeah. it's so rare that somebody is doing well on, you know, Western market, Europe or US and yeah. then Japan as well. Yeah. Yeah, the Japanese markets so of the biggest difference, uh, obviously, is uh, like this cultural and this language uh, barrier, mm -hmm. which you already, which you usually have from Western or European markets to Japan. So, and this is like I think already the biggest uh, 
issue, so to speak, where you really need a local, a good local, strong local team, uh, because you cannot just, uh, go there like a European and then try to set something up in Japan. You really have to understand the local culture and the local language by heart. So you have to have native experts in the market in order to 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 really be successful there. And that was the huge advantage that, uh, like I said. Uh, one of the co-founders, uh, they are Japanese and they know their market very well and they have a really strong local team in terms of marketing and, and operation. So this all comes together and then if you play the right uh, marketing, online marketing channels uh, and combine it with uh, like our retail strategy, uh, this was basically the receipt for the success in Japan. Okay, so you also have a retail branch in, yes, in Japan. Exactly. Okay. We already have retail presence, our own flagship stores uh, in Japan, and we mm -hmm. also have a couple of yeah, retail presence shop and shop solutions uh, also in Japan already. Yes. Yeah, and I know you are huge on Amazon. Probably that's your, uh, or sorry, that you told me before it was your previous company, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, this was my previous company. Yeah, we were Amazon focused, but also we had our own uh, web shop. We didn't have retail yet, but mm -hmm. now with Bonaventura, Amazon is also a big part of it uh, because mm -hmm. Amazon yeah. is just a very strong marketplace or a strong channel in the US, in Europe, and also in Japan. Yeah. So Amazon is still a very important channel in all of our countries because uh, just the customers are there. Uh, in yeah. our markets, and uh, you have to be you have to be where the customers are, and you have to have the direct connection to the customer. That's that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, I'm curious if you can share this. So, in Japan, what percentage of your sales comes from, let's say, Amazon, your flagship stores, and e-commerce? Yeah, um, e-commerce in total, I think it's still around eighty percent. So mm -hmm. and Amazon was the primary driver historically, but now uh, it's much more into uh, the Shopify end. And uh, our own shop is much more, it's more, it's above 50% now. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, do you use Shopify on the Japanese market as well? Yeah, so we use uh, Shopify Plus all over the world, yes. Okay, yeah, because uh, I saw a few stores in Japan with Shopify, but uh, not that many, to be honest. So, okay. yeah. 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 So you would uh, definitely recommend that if, let's say, a European or American wa wants to go to the to Japan to sell, then they should hire a local team who understands yeah. their culture and, if, if possible, also the Western culture, so they can understand both sides. Definitely, definitely. I, I think uh, so. With Kawaii, uh, we made the same experience. Uh, in, in the end, we didn't have a local team. And so we always had the issue uh, on Amazon just to understand the language it was mm. impossible huh? without. Then we hired a Japanese uh, support uh, uh, or operations uh, guy uh, in Germany, but it's not the same. So it's you have to have, uh, in Japan, you have to have locals, local experts, and you have to have them also directly in Japan. So yeah. it's, it's, I think it will be very difficult to just uh, hire them in Italy or somewhere and then try to scale the market in, in Japan.
Yeah. And how about Europe? So Germany and Italy are main uh, countries. Yeah. I think the two cultures are different as well. It's, it's yeah. of course, it's closer than Japan and yes. Europe, but still there are differences. And uh, I think these countries are, you know, not the, let's say, they speak English well, but uh, it's, it's not a language that they would buy, I think, especially Southern European countries. That's what I... Yes. I Definitely. So. No, you, you're totally right. In particular, in Europe, um, you also have to, basically, in the southern European countries, you have to have local presence in terms of uh, websites in the local language and, and also local support stuff, uh, which applies basically in every European countries, but uh, uh, more or less the northern countries like uh, the Scandinavian and, and also Germany, Netherlands, English works pretty well, yes, um, but in Italy, France, Spain, uh, you need the local language um, in order to expand there. So, And that's the goal also uh, for us. Right now with Bonaventura, we are present in Italy, obviously, uh, and uh, in Germany, and, uh, and uh, the English-speaking uh, website, we, we also have it because uh, we are in the U.S., and. Do you also have a local stores there, physical stores in these countries? Not yet, not yet. But uh, this is the plan uh, going forward uh, to expand our brand to all of Europe and obviously also to the US. This is on our agenda for the coming years. So. Yeah. And uh, how do you get most of the customers in Europe? Do you use Facebook ads? I can see most um, yeah. iPhone cases uh, brands they use facebook as instagram as influencers yes here in uh, central eastern europe there is a mobile fox i yes. think it's a figure company and they rely on influencers very heavily like local influencers okay i see that's yeah. their strategy but yeah. i'm curious what is bonaventure as a strategy yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our main strategy, uh, as I go back to, a little bit into our portfolio, um, because our main entry product, basically in terms of products, we are selling really high-end premium lever cases, uh, bags, and small lever accessories, and like wallets, for example. But the entry product uh, in Europe and also in Japan is still uh, an iPhone case as well. So... Uh, with Bonaventura, basically, I stick to the same product category as entry product, uh, but uh, we are already a much wider brand in terms of leather products because we have really nice leather bags, laptop bags, and, and like I said, small leather accessories. Uh, but our main entry product is the uh, iPhone case, and mm -hmm. our main channel is still Google. Yeah, Google, uh, all Google channels, the whole Google universe, um, in particular search, Google, shop, Google Shopping, but also YouTube. This is our main channel to get new customers into our, yeah, into our shop and in our sphere. Yeah, most, mo mostly uh, paid in a mostly, paid way. Mostly so paid and, and uh, as we are uh, slowly building basically everything uh, organic is growing steadily uh, but like you know best with retention uh, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a little slower and you need the time to get the new customers in and then yeah um, 
you have to take care of your existing customers and when you you they come back uh, again and again that's the goal but right now it's still mostly paid yes yeah yeah and uh yeah let's talk about retention a bit so i know you use a uh, clavio but yes. uh how do you see email marketing sms and i know you do whatsapp as well so yes. how do these uh perform in different countries yeah so uh first in terms of strategy uh for us it's super important and from day one it was super important uh to build uh to have retention marketing uh in the in our marketing mix uh which meant clavio from day one uh and also whatsapp um we are using a service called charles in germany which have a direct whatsapp integration with shopify and we can build our lists uh in in whatsapp and 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 in clavio so and uh, from my perspective it's super critical and super important so that's why we have uh our, our focus uh, was from day one there uh and we will expand basically uh the clavio setup and the whatsapp setup um with the coming years right now we as as the, the the brand is still in the early phase uh, in terms of uh, doing on on every online marketing activities our lists are pretty small and the revenue share of uh, email and whatsapp is compared to google obviously relatively small but it's still around 10 to 15% uh, already um and uh but i think the potential is much wider there uh, so yeah 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 i agree we discussed uh, about it before this uh, recording so yeah we we know um yeah maybe it's a bit technical question but yes. i think it's the right place to ask this because uh, this business has multiple products and countries and stores even yeah. uh, you know acquisition channels and it's a very trending topic now uh, customer data platforms there are many out there, uh, Triproveal, Nordbeam, Hyros, all of that. And yeah. for you, is it something that you look into or you have your tool that you use or it's something that you don't, you know, you just, it, it's fine as it is now. So how, what do you think about it, about this topic to see, you know, where the revenue comes from, yes. um, the different attributions? Yeah. But it's very trending topic now. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm totally with you. So it's also for us uh, in, 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 in Europe, it's a very important topic. And we are right now. We are in the phase of reviewing, basically, uh, the, the possible uh, partners we are working with. Uh, so um, we haven't decided on a particular platform yet, and we mm -hmm. haven't set up. Uh, we haven't set up a particular tool, but rather work on our ERP systems, our own systems, and uh, with Data Studio, our own reporting standard right now. Um, but this obviously has uh, a couple of limitations, so that's why um, we I look into it, and uh, I really like that there's a lot of movement and a lot of players, like you just mentioned, going into this market and making it much easier and much more transparent and in particular more real time uh, to get these data and um, yeah we haven't we haven't decided yet um, but this is on the agenda for next year 
uh, that we integrate uh, a tool where we have much more clarity uh, on our customers. Because like we said, it's super important uh, to know where it's coming from and what effect what effects do you have from which channel and all this, uh, yeah, measuring yeah. everything. Yeah, I just talked to many companies in this field now and uh, I can see, you know, each has a different angle how to approach it. But what I'm excited about as a retention marketing guy is that uh, I think many businesses, they don't know or they don't understand the the ties between you know customer acquisition cost and lifetime value so yeah. they know lifetime value is important but there are no numbers about it even yeah. clavio shows you only the lifetime value of one person that's it yeah. there is no for the whole list or the whole segment yes. it, and it would be great to see that okay i spent i don't know 20 dollars to get a new customer and it will uh, buy within one year 200 dollars Yes, something like that. Yeah. I think it's very um, important. And now, super nowadays important. we start having tools that can measure it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's super important. That's why it's also on our agenda. Um, we started building something ourselves, but uh, I, I look, I very much look forward to uh, install a tool like this uh, pretty early and. Um, to get much more transparency and to really see and and to know okay how much can i spend uh, upfront for a customer uh, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i have only one more question to you so yeah. what would be your number one advice to e-commerce businesses uh in q4 this year and next year 2023 uh in q4 as my number one advice is focus on your best performing channel in q4 uh, and maximize it that's uh, the one thing we always do. And my advice, focus on mm -hmm. this channel because uh, that's the most important quarter. And for all the people who think uh, on start doing something in 2023 is always just start doing. Uh, so don't think too much. Start implementing, start executing, and then you can adjust on the way. That's always my advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So many things will change uh, in the next three months. But if you haven't started, then yeah. you have new new conditions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I think Q4 and Black Friday, Christmas is the time when you don't really want to test new things. No, I just, definitely not. I just recorded a video about it because it's a, it's a bit like going to the Olympic Games, the final, that once you get there, you already want to know what works. You exactly. want to A-B test during summer and in September, October, but once yes. you get to the holiday, just do what works the best. You should already exactly. know what works the best. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. So uh, thanks for this interview today. Yeah. You're welcome. I, Thank uh, you very much for having me, Daniel. Yeah, I really enjoyed it and I hope the listeners as well. And thanks everyone who watched us uh, today, the live stream, or uh, we listened the podcast after we released it. If uh, you liked it, then uh, please uh, give us a review, like us on social media. Thanks again, everyone, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you very much. Bye.